Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by these great sponsors. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving iron. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. Markets with Chip Nellinger. This edition of the Even Iron Podcast is brought to you by Axon Tire, helping dealers move more iron for the past 100 years. For more information, go to axontire.com. Axon Tire, I'd like to give the loyal listeners of the Moving Iron Podcast two great gifts. This month is switched up a little bit. If you got your uh, gloves last month, you're going to enjoy the Alliance camouflage hunting hat that you can have to work with those gloves. So it's like a whole ensemble, Chip. You get, you get a whole thing there. It's I like it. Of sorts. So if you want one of those, send an email to marketing at axontire.com and they'll send those over to you. Or you can send me an email at moving iron podcast at moving iron podcast.com and I will get you the $50 off of your moving iron uh, summit registration fee sponsored by the folks at, at Axon there. So they're going to take care of that too. So if you want the hat, send an email to marketing at axontire.com. If you want to save money, send me an email at moving iron podcast.com and we will. Sorry, moving iron podcast at moving iron podcast.com and we'll get that taken care of. Valid Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800 657 4910 for all your, all your trucking needs. Whoa, excuse me. At Valid Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. And no matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has been has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is also brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. Their dealer connect CRMI app with their integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Connect, Create connected customer experience and transform how you work today chip is with blue reef out of marketing ag on mark out of marketing yeah can't talk today chip blue reef agri marketing out of morton illinois and he's nice enough to come on and talk about what's happened so chip how you doing man hey doing well casey i'm uh happy thanksgiving to everyone i am ready to eat some turkey that this is uh my favorite my kids are older now and out of the house uh so thanksgiving has always been one of my favorite uh, holidays so i'm i'm ready to eat some turkey it's you know what i like about thanksgiving is that there's no expectations 
really. I mean, it's, it's there's no Christmas expectation. You don't have to dress up in some crazy house. Right. I mean, you just show up and eat. Show up and eat. And watch football. That's all you I got. like it. I like it. That's the that's the entire purpose of Thanksgiving. So yeah, it's uh it's one of my favorite holidays too. And it's a good time to get with your family and talk about what's going on and see how things have been and and uh just enjoy that that time. But there's a uh we're kind of headed in that time of the year, Chip, where the holidays really start playing with with what we see happen in the marketplace. And you know, you've been doing this for a long time. The thing about the holiday periods that I've kind of figured out since I started doing this podcast is that either nothing happens or everything in the world just absolutely explodes. <laughs> one of the two things. So I guess over the course of your 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 career doing this, Chip, how often do you see that ladder where everything just kind of goes off the rails? Well, yeah, well, you know, there there is uh, some truth to that, Casey. It, it's not the majority of the time, but it is something you have to kind of watch out for. Part of that, part of the reason of that is is and we've been fighting that even last week, uh, but for, for for sure earlier this week, you know, there's not much going on news-wise, and um, the volume kind of thins out. And so then if something does happen news-wise, um, you don't have as much volume as you usually do, and, and you get these moves that move further in both directions because there's not as much volume. So the next six weeks can get a little treacherous going into, uh, you know, between right now and uh, the new year. Um you know, and there are some things, you know, out there that could move. Obviously, we're going <clears> to, <throat> in a couple of weeks here, have another decision by the Federal Reserve on what they're going to do with interest rates. Yep. That's going to continue to affect the dollar and the financial markets. So that's going to, you know, as a byproduct, weigh on, uh, you know, the uh, the commodity markets. You've got a war going on still in Ukraine. That's that's always something there. And weather in the Southern Hemisphere is starting to get more and more important. <clears throat> by the time we get to New Year's here in a few weeks, um, you know, that, that weather situation down in uh, Brazil and Argentina is really going to drive things. Right now, I would say the market's perception is that things are pretty good. Uh, and I'd say 55, 60%, maybe, maybe 65% of Brazil looks really good. The southern areas, which by the way, are some of the most productive areas um, of Brazil and parts of northern Argentina are, are getting really dry. So you know, that's going to be um, something that could spark, um, you know, a, a weather market type situation. And who knows out of the financial markets or news about the war, you know, kind of getting into winter time frame. And I'm certainly not a military. I was not in the military. I just my, my brain. I was a history uh, minor. So um, I, I do kind of, you know, have that uh, at least. But my brain tells me, particularly in uh, the northern hemisphere, as you go into winter time frame, that you know, it's kind of maybe hunker down type uh, situation, you know, hold your positions, maybe not going to see major pushes one way or the other uh, in this in this war until spring. Um, you know, who knows, though? So that's always out there and a possibility to throw these markets one way or the other. So we're going to have an interesting uh, few weeks as we go into the end of the year. Um, got a crop report in a couple of weeks. That's going to give us not nothing on this December um, USDA crop report. They're not going to change yields. They don't do that in December. We'll have the final yield uh, adjustment and yield survey in the January report, but they are subject to demand changes, uh, a world uh, you know, production number. So it still will matter here. I believe that comes out on December 9th. And so, uh, you know, it's just a, it's a good time of year, I think, too, to kind of, as harvest wraps up, you know, kind of get the pencil back out and say, all right, what was our crop size here? 
I think that's important for people to kind of refigure, be, particularly over here in the Eastern Corn Belt, where you know a lot of guys had best ever or second best ever um, yields on corn. <clears throat> well, if you go into harvest or through the growing season, you know you did this exercise, say last winter or ahead of spring, and you figure, uh, you know, 210 bushel yield, maybe your your long term APH, and you ended up at 250. As you come back and say, all right, here are my expenses. I have 40 more bushels per acre, you know, that increases your profitability. It decreases your uh, cost of production uh, per bushel. So I think this time frame is a good time to, you know, slow down, eat some turkey, and then maybe get the pencil out and say, all right, where are we at? What, what's it looking like for this 22 crop based on, you know, where our yields were? It's a different discussion out your way because, you know, then that's going to be, all right, where does you know, what's our crop insurance protection? Where does that backstop us? What does it look like from that perspective? And it's also a good time to talk about 23 and think about, um, you know, what the strategy is going to be for this uh, 23 crop, because, uh, you know, I don't want to be a doom and gloomer, but we've had a good run in ag. um, And I think that we're getting kind of long in the tooth on this bull market. And we're just kind of getting on the razor's edge, you know, as inputs have just come up, ramp up, ramp up, ramp up. Everybody kind of in the same boat now with these high input costs and the profit margins are going to be really dicey going forward in, in 2023. And stocks are tight. So, you know, so much of it's going to hinge on what the crop size is in, in South America. If they have a, a big crop, uh, we could kind of fall back over the cliff and resupply the world and prices go lower. If they have a weather problem, and arguably, they already have a weather problem in Argentina. It's just, is Brazil going to, you know, join in any weather problems? And if so, you know, we're going to keep this thing tight and explode these markets higher. So you got a lot of volatility potential here in the next few months. Yeah, a lot of moving parts. We've been talking about that for some quite a while. And, you know, I think the one, you know, we talked about wheat last time, what that looked like and how I saw those moving parts, what that looked like. But I guess, uh, you know, the one, the one thing out there, I think people are... <clears throat> because of, of how, I mean, the price of beef, when you go to the market and you're looking at, you know, buying a, well, you know, some people are anti-turkey and they want to get the ribeye steak or they want to get the, the, you know, beef tenderloin or whatever it is. And, you know, you start looking at that kind of stuff now and you're paying, maybe paying 18, $19 a pound for that stuff. Um, might change your mind pretty quick how much they like turkey after they start looking at that, but that hasn't slowed demand when you start looking at, at the beef you know, how beef is playing out in the marketplace. What are your thoughts there? And then, you know, kind of reflecting back on the year and what you see moving forward. I mean, what are your thoughts there and how do you see that continuing through 23? Yeah, that's going to be a a real wild card too. Um, And a big part of this whole commodity um, equation is how does the economy hold together with these higher interest rates and higher inflation? We've already started to see some hints some 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 layoffs and job losses at some particularly tech companies, but you know Google and and some of these companies are starting to see some layoffs. Um, it's it's really surprising. We just had a cold storage report out, and it it did show um, slightly lower month to month drawdowns uh, on pork and beef, but both of those compared to a year ago, um, you know, are six eight percent higher than than a year ago. So. I think part of what's doing this and helping hold things together is we've had a really good export program on both pork and beef for, for quite a while. So that has really helped. And um, I, I know I, it's a head scratcher, you know, with 
uh, just looking here, our, our local, uh, one of our local grocery chains is a high V. And so, you know, I was looking at the, the mailer of, you know, different holiday Thanksgiving specials. And I noticed the same thing. I'm flipping through this little booklet and, you know, I'm like, it's like $169. I thought it was a ham at first. I'm like, what in the world? But it was a prime rib, but still, I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, it's getting pricey out there. So that's going to be a, a big part of this. How does the consumer um, hold things together through, you know, higher fuel costs, higher inflation costs? Um, how's the economy hold together so far? And how do our exports hold together? And, you know, in spite of the dollar being pretty strong, we've, we've really had some pretty decent uh, export demand for, for pork and beef. And if that can continue into 23, you know, maybe we can kind of get through, um, you know, a little slowdown in the, in the economy. The, I think the other thing that's starting to happen, we've drawn down um, the, you know, the breeding stock uh, of this cattle because of a two plus year drought. And we talked about this last time a little bit. Yeah. You know, that that's a I think you're about to the end of that. And we had the cattle on feed report a, a week ago. Um, you know, the numbers are down. There's some of the smallest numbers on feed that we've seen in a in a long time. So I think you're towards the end of the liquidation of breeding side, right? I mean, if you're in the two years now plus of drought, yeah, there's, it, not there's no there's yeah. no feed left, there's no right. grass left, uh, right. there's no there's no cows left. Right, and so you're at the end of that, and if things do normalize, we can get some better, uh, better rainfall, better pasture conditions um, into spring and, and summer, and you get ranchers wanting to, you know, buy cows again, buy heifers for breeding stock. That's going to tighten up the supply of cattle, and things could get pretty explosive, and, and maybe not explosive, but it could tighten things up enough that you could get through a dip in the economy if we're going to see that. So it, there's some things to be um, friendly about. You know, back on the corn side equation, we're certainly, uh, you know, about a dollar off of the highs from this past summer in corn. Exports have not been real stellar. You know, if we do see some better uh, production on South America and, you know, maybe get this these corn prices eventually back down towards six or below, um, you know, that could be something that uh, that gives the, the cattle guys uh, out in the plains uh, at least a little bit of, uh, you know, breathing room. So, you know, there's that potential as well. So, this livestock thing um, is 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 going to be interesting. The hog side of the equation, they're just has been because of labor, because of high construction costs, inflation. You've not seen the uh, the expansion that high prices would have normally brought in, and so that's kind of helped hold the the hog market together. And uh, in spite of you know higher uh, higher feed ingredient costs, yep. we're we're getting through. Uh, you know, I'm not saying it's record profitability out there, but uh, we're we're holding it together in spite of some real challenges out there on the livestock side. Yep. So you've seen um, on the energy side. Let's talk about that for just a second. Oil this week has just been a roller coaster, man. I mean, it'll be down six, up three, down six, down you know, all over the place, just getting battered around. Um, OPEC has come out and said, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna cut production, keep that price up, and we're gonna continue to do that." <clears throat> um, you know, continue to try to, to control the price as much as we can to keep that that price up, uh, so we can, you know, control uh, demand and, and supply and everything else that we see out there. But we're still, but they say that, and then the price of oil goes down, and then it, they say it again, and the price of oil goes down. What that's like 
complete opposite of what you think would happen. So I guess as you're looking at the energy market, Chip, what are your what's what's driving some of these things we see happening? Yeah, the, the I think the thing about a crude oil here, um, I think crude oil for me anyway, um, you can look at all kinds of different you know factors and reports about the economy and you know are right. we growing are we slowing down. Just look at the crude oil market. I think it's a good uh, you know kind of proxy for what the perception is. Um, in the marketplace for growth. And if you go back, there was a change, in my opinion, a couple weeks ago, maybe it's going on three weeks ago, we had the uh, CPI out. And it was still high. It came in like 7.2%, but it was lower than what was expected. And certainly from a one-month perspective, I think the previous month was like 8.2 or 8.3. So when the market saw that, I think the expectation was, or what the crude oil and the energy markets are telling you is that, okay, these interest rate increases are doing their job and we're going to have a slowdown in growth, a slowdown in the world economy. And I think the crude oil market started pricing that in. Um, you know, we're quickly 15 bucks off the, the highs in, in crude oil. The other day, what happened was, I think there's some political stuff going on too. And, you know, we talk about fake news and manipulation. And there was a story out a couple of days ago um, that the Biden administration or possibly Biden himself uh, was going to pardon the uh, Saudi king for the killing of uh, Kagoshi, the, the Wall Street Journal reporter a few years oh, ago. Okay. Yep. Yep. And because he's a diplomat. And still denouncing, yeah, you know, it was a bad thing to do, but he's a diplomat, so we can't prosecute him. He's going to have immunity. And so that there might be a little quid pro quo. So actually, the other morning when crude oil was just getting pummeled, you know, I mean, you look one minute, it's down 50, then it's down a buck 50, and then it's down 450. There was a story out that um, OPEC was actually going to increase production, which is just counter to what they said like three weeks ago. Right. So at first it was like, okay, there's the, you know, I'll scratch your back, you scratch my back type of a thing. But then uh, three hours later, uh, I don't know if it was Saudi Arabia or OPEC, uh, one or the other came out and said, yeah, that, that we, we didn't say that. We're not thinking about that. And crude oil actually get, came back and erased all those gains. It was down almost four and a half dollars at one point, actually went higher on the day. I think it's still closed a little bit lower. So you're kind of getting this market a little overstretched. Now, the reality is, this, this is long-winded, um, that CPI report, part of the, the reduction in inflation, if you want to call it that, the, the way they calculate the inflation reports is a little uh, head-scratcher to begin with. But you're still like 7% year-over-year inflation, pretty, pretty hot. Part of the reduction month-over-month there's a lot of seasonal adjustments along the way. And so particularly in, in housing, and that's part of, you know, the basket of, of goods and services that they look at. So there was a seasonal reduction in, in housing that might've just been a one-off that kind of helped. So I'm not so sure that a one month snapshot means that, uh, you know, we're going to go back to 2% inflation, uh, and everything's going to be peachy keen. Uh, so the market could be misreading this. And when we get into next month and get that uh, that next CPI report, it's going to be interesting to see because uh, if it ticks back up, you're you're going to see another, you know, big push higher in energy. So 
we've got problems. We've got refinery problems. Diesel um, stocks are extremely tight. Um, so I would think you're getting into areas here that are going to, uh, you know, be somewhat supportive. It, it, it probably bears watching if you're a, a user of, of diesel, if you're a user of natural gas, you typically have a strong seasonal tendency just because there's more usage in the winter. There's a strong seasonal for price, you know, for, for temps to get pretty cold in the winter and increased usage. And so natural gas, diesel fuel probably need a, a close look if you're a, you know, a strong user um, of those of those products because we've had a big sell-off in here. And uh, I think you're probably getting close to support. But it, it's uh, it's interesting if, if you watch crude oil, um, we've got our own problems here. Obviously, we're, you know, anti-fossil fuels. Europe's anti-fossil fuels, but the whole world still runs on fossil fuels. So, yeah, we're anti-fossil you know, fuel till we're not. Gonna... Yeah, and now we've given the leverage, all the leverage back to OPEC. Yeah. They don't want $50 crude oil, uh, you know, so. Why would they? They're the supplier to the world <laughs> now. I mean, it's just, it's not that, it's not rocket science, guys, right? Like, they're looking at that saying, well, if Europe's not going to produce anything and they're shutting fossil fuels down and pipelines down and the United States, you know, Biden's sitting here saying we're going to no more drilling, no more oil, no more coal. Guess what? We've got what the world wants and uh, they're going to pay up for it. So I, w- I wouldn't uh, be surprised if, you know, at some point in the next couple of quarters, we don't see a return a hundred dollar plus uh, crude oil, but uh, some of that's going to depend on the strength of the economy. Yep. And I think there's some people thinking we're going to go kind of immediately into a 2008 type crash here. Um, that's possible. If you see that, it's probably going to um, reduce energy prices and commodity prices for a period of time. But uh, if we don't, if we just kind of trudge along here, um, energy prices probably going to be one of the first things that snap back and, uh, you know, rally this thing. If you ever get China open back up and changing their policies and that's a big if that's going to put a you know a floor underneath the energy markets too so uh, it's going to be this thing is always uh you know like a chess game like a 3d chess game now it's like four or five dimensional and you know so many moving pieces to it it's it's interesting trying to figure it out but it, it drives all this uncertainty drives volatility but with volatility there's there's also opportunities to, um, you know, position yourself to kind of get a competitive advantage out there. It's, uh, takes a lot of different moves on the chessboard though. It's not just a one move. You got to think about four steps ahead sometimes. Yep. And, you know, and to that same point, Trudeau's doing his best to do the exact same thing in Canada. So, I mean, you're, you're shutting down a, yeah. two countries that are oil independent, you know, energy independent from producing. So, yeah. Only good things come from that ship. You got to remember that. Well, the scary thing is now they're they're just pushing this, you know, one world order. I mean, uh, the guy in France is just outwardly saying it now. You know, they're they're not even trying to hide it. And Trudeau's, you know, I can't say it nicely, so I probably won't say it. I'll get canceled. <laughs> but Trudeau's right there, you know. Yeah. Yep. Agenda twenty up to everyone because he wants to be the king of the new world order or something i don't know that guy's scary yeah he's a different fellow all right man 
Good stuff as usual. Chip, folks want to reach out to you and get more information about what you're doing at Blue Refag Marketing or, or get a little help on that uh, marketing plan they're working on. What's the best way to do that? Yeah, best way is just, uh, just give us a call, 309-550-7213. Um, we'd love to chat with you. Love to chat with you. We've had a couple people, uh, you know, a couple of your listeners on the podcast reach out as well uh, via email. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you uh, get on our, our website, which is uh, Blue Reef, www.blueReefinc.com, give you all that information, uh, our contact information. So uh, we'd love to chat with you. Right on. Well, good deal, Chip. I appreciate you being on the podcast here and happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. All right. You too, Casey and all listeners. Happy Thanksgiving. And uh, let's let's hope the next six weeks uh, bring a little bit of opportunity here. This market has been pretty dead. So yep. we, need some, uh, we need some life back in these markets. Absolutely. Good deal. All right. I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC, LinkedIn at Moving Iron Podcast. And you can go to the Moving Iron YouTube channel. That's just called the Moving Iron YouTube channel. So check that out. And that'll give you the video version of this podcast here. You can also go to Moving Iron LLC for everything Moving Iron related. So with that, I'm Casey Seymour with Chip Mellinger. Smooth Iron folks. Gobble, gobble. Out. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardware.